0: All right. Go ahead and have a seat, guys. All right. So let's just get straight to it. We're talking about sex tonight. So Colin had to call me, bring in the bin guns. The guy's had sex more than anybody else. I've been married 15 years. I'm going to be honest, it's a big sacrifice for me to, to be here because Thursday night is usually a good night for me. And my wife was looking at me that certain way tonight, and I had to come speak at Saul Company. And so I don't want to just be like a preacher of the word. I want you guys to know that I'm like a doer of the word as well. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm just being honest. There's that tension in my soul right now. I could be there. My kids are in bed, you know. But I'm here serving you guys, okay? So buckle up. It's going to be a good night. We're going to have some fun. You're going to be glad you made it through the show and uh, that you're not watching March Madness. Right, but here's my burden tonight for you guys. I think that you are basically given two options in the world that you are currently living in. One of them is sort of the secular option, which says yes to sex, with no constraints, and lots of consequences. So yes, sex is awesome. It's pleasurable. Do with no constraints, and yet you end up with lots of rats and consequences as a result of living that way. But think that the only other option is what I call the quasi-Christian option, which basically is a giant no. Don't do it. And that's a terrible option. Because you're like, we want to do it. We're in college. Please let us do it. And so what I want to give you is a third option, the true Christian position, and that is that God is pro-sex. He's all about it. In fact, he designed it. He would like for you to experience it at some point in your life, but within a certain context so that you can have pleasurable sex without regret. All right, you guys leaning in? Let's go. So the big idea is that sex is a good gift from God. All right. The first point that I have for you is that sex is designed by God. Genesis one, twenty-seven through twenty-eight. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So I think that sometimes our conception of God's view of sex is that he made this man this woman completely naked in the Garden of Eden. And then he's looking down from heaven and he's like, what are you guys doing? I never thought of that. When they started having sex. That is not the picture that we get in Genesis. We have God making a man and a woman, we found out later, that they are naked and they feel no shame. And the first commandment that God gives to the people in his image is to have sex. Why? He tells them to have sex because there is something. Very profound that God is communicating to human beings through our experience of sex. The meaning of God creating us in His image, as sexual beings, is that we have opportunity to experience some of what it is like to be God. See, God exists internally in three persons, and yet as one God, which means. One of the things that most characterizes God is intimacy, complete oneness. And he wants us as human beings to experience that. It's just that there's something different about us and God. And that is that we are, in addition to being spiritual beings, we are also physical beings. We learn scripture that God is invisible. He doesn't have a body. But we have bodies, and so God wants us to experience oneness and intimacy with our spouse in the context of marriage, not just sort of at an intellectual and a spiritual level, but also in the deepest possible way at the physical level. So part of what it means to image God is to be a sexual being, to express that in marriage. It is totally and completely his design. So a desire to have sex, far from being gross or wrong, is a good thing. Because sex is a good gift from our good God. He wants you to enjoy that gift the way he wants you to enjoy every gift that he has given you within the proper contact text so that you can experience it to the full he loves you he designed that and so I want you part of the application of this message maybe for the first time to be able to thank God without aim that he has made you a sexual being and to say wow this was your design and to repent of this averted thing that we have in our mind that God is somehow like the comic referee who's just trying to break up all the sexual relationships. That is not true. It is his idea. He wants us to enjoy it. So why did he give us this gift? Do you know the second thing we're going to talk about is that part of God's intent in giving us this gift of sex is that sex is intended for pleasure. Did a pastor just say that? Yes, he did. Read with me This passage in Proverbs 5, 18 through 20. Okay, this is a father having a frank conversation with his son about sex. His son is unmarried, and he is writing to him to give him a vision of what he wants his sexual relationship to be like with his wife one day. And he says, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? This is a model for Christian parenting. Now, I think that a lot of your Christian parents, although they were well-meaning, had a very different conversation about sex than this with you. Specifically, you young men. They did not give you a vision that included pleasure. They gave you a list of rules, and almost all of them had the word no in them. And so basically, the Christian mindset can easily become this list of rules and to have a negative view of sex. That is not something that I am supposed to do, and what you create in your mind is that your sexual desires are therefore weird or dirty. And Solomon looks on and has a very different conversation with him. Yes, there is a warning in the text. Why did you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? But the vast majority of this text is not a warning, it's a vision. And he gives him a picture of what sex was designed to be by God. I loved in prepping this message reading different commentators had to say about this text so specifically it starts with let your fountain be blessed now you guys are smart going to college and my thought is you're smarter than some of the theologians that I was reading so we're saying the fountain is like the fruit of a righteous life the fountain is The blessing of living as a family. I'm like, dude, he's talking about (laughs) penis. It's just straight up, that's what he's talking about. Okay, just for this, he said, should your springs of water be scattered abroad in the streets? Okay, and he's talking about sex. Like, that's the contest. Like, I'm just interpreting the Bible, okay? Just interpreting the Bible the way that I always do, just trying to be straight up with you guys. Listen, water is a scarce resource in that day. Okay, son, here's the thing. Do you just take the precious resource in your house as water, and do you just go around and throw it in the streets? No, you don't go throw it in the streets. Here's what he's saying. Your sexuality is a precious resource. Your semen, I said semen, is a precious thing. And you shouldn't go squirting that stuff in every girl you see.